Hi, hello, hola, and hello. Welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool, but podcast. A podcast about getting knocked up in a foreign country, families living abroad, and raising children in a different culture. All while trying to keep your cool and not lose your shit. I'm your host, Jackie, an American Filipino mom living in Denmark, and my kids think I'm cool, but... Lately, I've been having my daughter use the iPad more when she gets home from daycare or even in the weekends. My daughter has discovered that she can print drawings, drawing paper outside of the iPad. She will pick something up, pick something on the iPad and then print it out uh, and color it. So that's a good thing. She's not stuck on the iPad the entire time, but she learned quickly how to print. And lately she's been printing like crazy and sometimes she just prints and it prints out all the pages and I come to the printer and there's just printer paper everywhere and in Denmark printer ink is not cheap so I definitely have to do something else about that so yeah that is my butt for today's episode if you guys have a butt please just let me know I would love to hear it and you can send it through my email or even on messenger and one of my social media channels Anyways, back to today's episode on My Kids Think I'm Cool But Podcast. Since the lockdown, I've been feeling like parenting has gotten a little harder with kids being at home, studying, and also for parents being at home and working from home. If you have a little one, you have to entertain and also, you know, you have to do your own work. So it's kind of a balanced thing right now. I love my kids, but I can't entertain them for eight hours a day. And I know there are parents out there that are amazing at doing that, that they can full on engage with their kids the entire time. And you guys are definitely super cool about that. Let's get to today's episode. I have Rashmi Jathin on today's episode. I am so happy that she will be talking about her life here in Denmark as an international parent. She and her husband is from India, but lived in other countries like the U.S., Japan, and now settled in Denmark with their two kids. Also, we're going to talk about her online classes, but it's not really online. It's also offline. It's a le- learning center. And I'll have her explain a little bit more about that specific business that she has. So let's get into it. Let me introduce you all to Rashmi. Hi, Rashmi. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thank you, Jackie, for the opportunity. Very kind of you. And um, I'm looking forward to everything that is going to be and coming up yeah. for an hour or so. Yeah, yeah. I'm really <clears throat> happy that you would love to uh, agree to be on this podcast. And I, I saw all your posting on the international group. So I was really interested in what you what you were doing. And it really opened up the doors for me that I wanted to be on the podcast because I think it's so interesting that um, education, you're so passionate about education. So let's get to it. The biggest question that everyone, of course, gets when they live or move to Denmark is how did you get end up in Denmark? That is solely because of my husband's job. So we were to come to Denmark because of his work. And um, we have been here for almost eight years now. And uh, we absolutely love Denmark. We have fallen in love with the country, the people, the culture. It's all wonderful. So we are very, very fortunate. Uh, we feel we are fortunate and it's, 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 a, it's a good place to be in with kids and family. I always love when I talk to international parents. It's always it's so funny to hear different uh, culture shocks people have. What is your biggest culture shock when you move to Denmark? It was not exactly a culture shock, I would not say, because honestly, it's been almost 20 years that I have been out of my own country. So I actually sometimes have reverse cultural shock when I go back to India because I have been so long out of it, out of that place, out of my own country. So in terms of Dane, Dane, Denmark or Danes as in, as in Denmark or Danish people, I don't think there was uh, any uh, culture shock, but I, I love the way parents are so focused on independence for the kids. I love the idea that they want to be bringing up independent children. So that was something that I always wanted to inculcate and um, know more about and learn more about because as as an Indian parent, I am I am guilty of being protective and sometimes overprotective. So for me to look at the other side and learn that from Denmark or Danish families or Danish parents was uh, something that I always look forward to. Yeah, I also experienced that when I became a parent here in Denmark. 
so different from India or for me, the U.S. Uh, you've also lived in the U.S., so you would know mm. the difference of India, U.S., and here in Denmark. It's such it's yes. three different countries. It's still three different uh, ways of raising children. Denmark's definitely more relaxed about it. <laughs> I would yes, say. Yes, they are. Yes. And they are doing great. The kids are doing great when they grow up. As parents, they are doing great. So I think they have a good hold on this. And uh, there is something definitely that we could learn and uh, and make our parenting skills even work better. So I, I always keep my doors open to learning. What was your expectation of Denmark before you made the big move? You know, you lived in India, Japan, US, and now Denmark. What was your expectation when you moved to Denmark? I would first uh, clarify a, a little bit. Yes, I have been to all those places, but then there was there were different uh, stages in my life that I was in all three different countries. When I went to Japan, I went as a student, so I was not even married. So I was single. And then when I went to the US, I went there with my husband and had children there. So our family started in the US. But then we moved from the U.S. when my kids were really little. So for me to actually look into schooling and all the other options in U.S. was not a possibility because my children were toddlers at that time. And then coming to Denmark was a big move, of course, especially because we were moving as a family. So at my at the back of my head, I always thought of, of course, there were some insecurities and there was um, some uh, obviously things that I was not sure about because it, it was a new country. But as a mother, I always thought that I first want to make sure that my children are all filled with whatever they need. So my basic requirements was to satisfy the needs of my children and then for my husband and then as a home and then myself because we think that way children come first and and everything is after so yes moving to Denmark was difficult because we were moving with small kids and not knowing the country too much beforehand in a way yes my experiences with other countries and how we have lived in other countries they were obviously there and it helped me to assimilate or get acculturated very easily. I would not say that it was difficult. But yes, to understand the weather, to understand simple things about, uh, for example, snowsuits. I mean, I had never seen them. And to go shop for them with so many different brands and possibilities and That was something that was stressful, I must say. I mean, not stressful as a big stress like anything, but yes, it was. It took me some time to get a hang of it and understanding the basics that that I see all uh, newcomers or expat families, they have to learn or get used to do it. So in that way, I think my basic basic mindset was to be able to provide for my children. and And that is what I was focusing on. Yeah. When we had first come here. Yeah. Was it difficult for you to, you know, find the daycare or find the specific school or even find the area you're going to live in? Like, was that difficult for you or you did your research before you guys did the big move? We did a little bit research uh, before the move and my husband was here three months before us okay. to figure out a lot, uh, I must say, because... Uh, It was a planned decision that we had taken that it was he would be here before us so that he can keep a few things ready for us. So that way, I'm, I'm very fortunate for because my husband thought of us uh, in, in a way where he wanted to be ready for us to just land and start our life without uh, struggling for the basic, um, you know, when we when we first come, you need everything from shampoo to sugar to everything from the kitchen to the toilet, everything. So uh, in a way, it was good that he was here before and he could keep a few things ready. But yes, like schooling and daycare, those were the options that he had already sent me over through websites and uh, the information over email. And we were constantly touch over the phone. So we were discussing on what could be the possibilities on looking into daycare and um, taking interviews with the school when we first come here. So that all started after we landed. So it was step by step. We did not rush into things and we took each step as it came. But again, I would reinforce the idea that coming with small kids was challenging. And that's why I, I totally understand when parents come here, international parents come here and they, they feel that they have a lot 
to do and a lot to look for. So it takes some time and uh, everyone goes through it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I came to Denmark without kids, but then I had, I did my pregnancy here. I did um, everything mm-hmm. here. But that mm-hmm. was also a transition because it's so different from the U.S. So I couldn't like ask my friends back home. So what do I do next? No one would yes. know. So I would have to connect to someone here in mm-hmm. Denmark. But it's not like I'm hanging out with a lot of moms when, <laughs> when you're mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. pregnant. So that was yeah. a, a learning thing, too, and a bit stressful on a, a, pregnant, la- <laughs> a pregnant lady to, to know you know, where to go to, what's next. My biggest shocker was the doctors don't deliver your baby. So I was like, what? The doctor's not in there with you. It's like, no, they they hardly ever see you unless you have complications. So that Mm -hmm. was like a big eye opener uh, to me. (laughs) So I can't even imagine, you know, having two kids right next to me. Yours uh, were young, trying to transition them into it mm. and um, find out the best schools, you know, neighborhood, everything that could, yeah. I would grow, I think my hair would be white for the first <laughs> two years. But I would, I would think of probably you have gone through a tougher time because if I had to deliver kids here, I still, even after eight years, I, I do not know the basics of that because I haven't gone through. I have heard lots of stories from different friends who have had children here, but I still feel since I have never been there, it's always a second-hand information that I have. I don't have first-hand into it and, and I'm totally unaware on how the whole system works. And that way, for a lot of reasons, I feel we were, again, very fortunate to have both the children and and, uh, have them delivered in the U.S. And um, yeah, it was a learning experience also there, but in a different way. Yeah. International parenting is just not easy. It's easy and fun and exciting, but parenting is just hard in general at some, some aspects, not all of it. But then you put on a different language, culture, everything, on top of yeah. that, it's just, yeah, international parents are just like, whoa, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I think we all are doing a good job. Yeah, we all are doing the best job. <laughs> when you moved with your kids to Denmark um, and, and yourself, was the transition hard from, you know, U.S. culture to the Danish culture? Was it hard or difficult or what was your experience with that? I think it was it was uh, it was not that difficult, I must say, because again, uh, it was a little bit from U.S. Then we were back in India for some time, and then we came here. So it was like one thing after the other. But yes, understanding the nuances and small things like vaccination, for that matter, I had to understand vaccinations for my children in three different countries from U.S to India and then to Denmark. And sometimes we still feel today, myself and my husband would think, did we mess up on something? You know what, did we did we just forget something? Because we were so focused on the area that we were in or the country that we were in that we, when we moved, did we remember everything? Was everything transferred in the way that it should have had if all the kids had completed all their vaccinations in one country, for example? So yes, small things like these, I would not say they form a bigger part of our lives, but they are important part of our system and our, our children's uh, life. So yes, small things like these, it took time. It took time and, and a lot of balance to understand and then to take it in and to say, okay, this is for today. We did our best. We'll see when we get called next for the next vaccine. So, I mean... At that time, I mean, I was agitated. I would say that, yes, I would get agitated and worried and and stressed. But I think any mother would, you know, as a mother, if I think, I think I I was doing the right thing. But then it was, again, everything comes under that learning experience that you're still in that learning curve of uh, of, uh, taking in all that has been given to you as new. And you're trying to do your best under the circumstances that you are in. Yeah, especially with three different countries, three different vaccination rules, not just vaccination, but uh, everything else. Uh, no, it was just an example. It oh, was yeah. on the top of my head. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, one of the things that we still think and talk about is vaccination yeah. because now with teenagers, my kids are again going for different sets of vaccinations here that we have to constantly check with our doctors and our, uh, yeah. So it, it, it takes, it takes a little while to have everything set, get settled. Yeah. It's, it's like Rome was not built in a day. So again, moving to a country and living there and living each day, your experiences grow. And it 
it all can't happen in a day. So, I mean, everyone takes their own time to work around with the things that they are juggling at all times. Yeah. And now your kids yeah. are a, a bit older. Um, yes. So, <laughs> you sound relieved. <laughs> no, then, uh, small kids have smaller problems. Yeah. Big kids have uh, different sets of uh, challenges that we have. And this was something that was recently told to me. So, again, it stayed in my mind. So, yes, now with uh, teenagers, the challenges are different. And we are trying to, again, do our best So yeah. that uh, comes to my uh, next que question. It's like, how do you keep your culture alive with your with your kids, you know, with the different culture, traditions, and different backgrounds that they are learning from here in Denmark, from your home country, and even, I don't know, U.S.? Uh, how are you keeping that alive with your kids, uh, with the culture? No, with the culture, I would say that we do follow... Um, We try to follow some of the festivals and important days that we have and uh, using this language, like our country's language is Hindi. Mm -hmm. So we would try to communicate with our children in that and using that language. But my children can't read and write. So when they were little, I would have tried to teach them the, the language as well. But then obviously with school starting, of course, English, math, and again, Danish and other things took priority over learning them to read and write. So we are just happy and satisfied that they understand the language and they can speak and converse because when we go back, they have grandparents who would speak to them in that language and they would understand it and respond it. So that itself is is gives meaning to them being abroad, being being out of India and still being able to use the language. But again, English is very um, is one of our official languages and, and um, Indians use English all the time everywhere. So not being able to read and write in Hindi, I don't think my kids are missing anything because most of the communication and everything, the paperwork and everything happens, everything in English back in, back home. Other thing is with culture uh, could be, you know, following the festivals, doing some of the things that we would have done. But of course, they are done in much smaller scale here as compared to the grandeur you have back home with uh, festivals and, and how they those are celebrated and uh, and we miss our family because, uh, yes, um, back in India, my kids would have uh, seen their grandparents often and, and extended families often. Here, the possibility for us is to just travel once a year and uh, under the circumstances that we all are in, it will be probably two years for us this time not being able to go back. But they are connected with the with our families uh, through whatsapp and uh, so technology is also a blessing so i mean it's all in all just trying to again not raise indian kids not raise american kids but raise global kids mm -hmm. so when they look at the world they would know what it is how eid is celebrated how easter is celebrated they would know all that because they have friends from different cultures who uh, celebrate these festivals and and talk about them so it's it's not just the indian culture that they are learning they are learning cultures that are all around here so in a way we are just trying to be open minded about what they should be learning and and they should be able to use it when they need it Yeah, you answered my second question about the the culture. You're not raising, you know, you're raising global kids, uh, not yes. specifically Danish or Indian or U.S. They just have different cultures influencing them and how they yes. grow up. Since you're raising uh, teenagers, is it hard to kind of uh, balance, you know, in, in Denmark, teenagers, it's very relaxed here. And I was mm. kind of shocked how relaxed it was here in, in Denmark for teenagers, for example, to yes. drink or do anything. Do you try to keep them from not drinking or you kind of just have an open conversation with them? Because for me, when I would tell my par my parents, like, oh, uh, you know, kids start drinking at 15, they're like, <gasps> Oh my gosh, you know, yeah. that would never, ever happen. But when they're in yeah. it and living it, it's like hard to kind of balance that kind of culture. How do you approach yeah. that with your kids? 
Yes, in a way, communicating with them openly and uh, yeah, that is the most important thing. So we would we would keep our communications open and, and talk to them. But I want to clarify here also one thing that my kids are in international school. Yeah. So they are not a hardcore uh, Danish school or folk school, as we say. They are not in those. So uh, yes, they have Danish friends, but those Danes are again, either they have lived abroad for mm-hmm. a very long time or they are from mixed families, or even if they are 100% Danes, they are with a, with a very international mindset. So I know about drinking and, and all the openness. But then again, when I started saying, when we started the interview, I said, I love the way the Danish parents raise the independent, their independent, yeah. their kids very independently. So still holding on to that idea that I think extends when the kids are even teenagers. But then as a parent, it is important for me to tell my kids what is right and what is wrong. Not exactly what I had followed, but then keeping it as an option for them. Yeah. But then in a way, I don't encourage them to drink right now because yes, they are little. Yeah. But we will just tell them because because we don't have the culture of drinking at home ourselves. My husband and I are not uh, into drinking. So I think they learn a lot from the culture that we have at home. So in a way, if if they want to do it, then we would just tell them probably there is a right age when that comes, that should be okay. But uh, now, I mean, they don't see it. I mean, they don't see it at home. So maybe that is the reason why I don't have to really go further in this conversation yeah. too much and too often. Yeah. The focus is on other things, on what they should be doing, how should they be approaching their education? What are their forthcoming goals? And again, um, like I said, they are in international school. So again, aiming to get better at Danish and and, and learning it is again one of our priorities because um, I don't speak too much Danish myself, but then I don't want my children to be like me. I want them to be better at Danish than myself. It's a difficult language I have studied, but I don't get to use it often because of my work. So I don't use Danish day in and day out. But I understand it. And I feel each year that I'm here, at least my listening skills are getting better. So, yes. Yeah, there's there's good things and bad things about your kids knowing a, a different language than you. My my daughter is fluent in Danish and sometimes she corrects my Danish. I was like, oh, man. And she's four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love that she's bilingual and everything. Mm. So when she becomes older, I worry that I won't be able to communicate, of course, in English. But my Danish mm. won't be as like top level as as hers. <laughs> Let's get down to the learning center and talk about that and why you created it. Can you describe to the listeners what what it is, uh, what it's all about? So I can I can say it, but I think you would be the best person to just describe what learning center is about. Learning center is my workplace. That is um, a little place that I have created where um, I meet children either for private lessons or for some workshops. We also do after-school programs with different international schools where our programs run as a part of their day-to-day activities in terms of um, you know creating some fun, creative curriculum for them, like um, math. So just if I say math, it could be like, oh, I have math in school. Why do I have to do more math? But then no, the math that you do with me at Learning Center is math and magic. There, the children are exposed to a new way of thinking and thinking with numbers and numeracy. And we encourage stress-free math. So not exactly the math is done in the way it is done in school, but we try to extend it where the children get better at it slowly and gradually, thereby mastering their skills. So this is just one program that I spoke about from Learning Center. We have others like Scratch Coding. Again, that is done both face-to-face and online. We started as a collaboration with a Copenhagen library called Yakwai Library in Ustapro. And uh, it was a collaboration with them initially. But due to COVID, we had to move our sessions online. So coding is a three-step, three-stage program from beginners to intermediate and then to advanced. And uh, children love it because it's uh, like exactly like playing Lego. So if they love Lego, then on the computer, they love uh, doing programming and animation with Scratch. So some of the other programs that we do are uh, there is a journalism program for kids uh, and they get uh, opportunities to write for a newspaper called Know How and Avis. And that is called Little Reporters. 
So I do a lot of those creative programs for children, either as after school or weekend sessions. But then I'm also open for tutoring for children, for EAL, ESL, English as a second language, if they want to get better at and improve their English skills and math tutoring and sometimes even science. So this ranges from basically ages five up till 16, 17. And we have different teachers who are looking into high school math as well. And we are also planning to expand into languages now, looking for Spanish, Italian, French teachers who would be doing, again, similar workshops, but they're in their, in their own languages. And then Saturdays and Sundays, I usually do fun, creative day workshops, like upcoming Sunday, I have a sushi workshop coming up. So again, that was my time in Japan that I learned the culture and I loved it so much that I would plan events out of it. And uh, I love working with younger kids, young kids and uh, children when they come with all the excitement. So this Sunday, I'm going to be converting my little place into a sushi bar where the children are going to just come and uh, try making some creative, fun sushi options for them. So this is basically what Learning Center does. And uh, because of my work, I get to see and meet a lot of international families. And that is that is all the connects that I have. So I feel that, yes, uh, sometimes parents need something where they can just come and speak and talk about what they want and how it is. So we are open to also creating personalized plans for children, especially if they're returning back to another, their own home country or they are planning to travel to another country. So we have, uh, we have uh, possibilities of um, doing personal programs for them as well, depending on the level, what they want to achieve. So this is all basically Learning Center. We're coming up with more programs like STEAM after the summer. So that's going to be an integrated program with science, technology, math, and arts. Uh, and I'm actually very looking forward to, to launching it after summer. Yeah. How did you come up with this, this idea, um, the, the Learning Center, um, and you wanted to create it for kids and here in Denmark? I always wanted to do uh, work with children. So I'm, I'm an educated teacher. I'm a qualified teacher by my, uh, by, uh, my education. But I always wanted uh, to do things also beyond the classroom because it was uh, um, it would give me a possibility to just expand and see what is the possibility of the child and how much can be done with them. So in a way, it was uh, it was just nice to start with tutoring. It all started actually with tutoring, where parents would feel that their child needs something, and they would say, "Hey, what about this and that?" So it started in my own house, but then soon I realized it's just not going to be feasible to do tutoring all the time in my own house. And then we started looking for possibilities of looking for a place and and having a proper setup where we can just um, call it our workplace or our workshop center where the kids would come and uh, we would meet them often. This is how the, the initial stage of learning center was. It started from home, but then we moved into our center. And um, I think it was with tutoring that I found that there are more possibilities that the children would also enjoy things basically from their curriculum, but done in a creative and fun way. So ideas like Mathematic or Little Reporters, the journalism program, are basically woven around English and math. Mathematic around math and little reporters around creative writing and English. So basically, it's a fun take on the regular subjects or the traditional way of how these subjects are taught. So we try to twist it around a little and make it fun where the child is not pressured to learn math, but they come and have fun with us with math. So that is what something I wanted to give. And, and again, I cannot take in the credit all about it, all of it for myself. I am in Denmark. I have to make things that are creative and uh, offer programs that are fun for children. So being in a country that is relaxed in, in a lot of the curriculum or a lot of uh, the educational aspect, the idea that we provide is, again, aligned with what Denmark offers in terms of uh, creativity and fun and, and social skills. So my programs are usually, the workshops are run as group, but tutoring, we do also one-on-one. -on -one. So we are very flexible that way. It's all about children, all about what the parents want for their own child or for teenagers, even they what they want to be 
become or they want they feel the need is for themselves to learn so this is what right now learning center is uh, is offering where we are looking into um having a little team of teachers and uh, other educators who are as passionate as uh, as us to be offering more programs also for adults so hopefully fingers crossed for that yeah also oh, you're expanding over not just children now now to adults that want to learn anything for example i'm i, I know that there's adults now trying to learn how to code because coding is such yeah. a, a big thing right now you know everything there's startups yeah. things going online and so coding for adults is very popular so we do have yeah we do have programs for adults as well like languages like english and japanese but we are looking into uh, into more also if we can have parenting uh, workshops or parenting round tables i was very interested in that as well but uh, again there are a lot of ideas honestly in my head right now mm-hmm. and uh, some were on the verge of taking off uh, in january but unfortunately we were called in for a lockdown and uh, not everything could materialize so i am still hoping and uh, waiting for after summer to launch a few of those ideas of of a small um, book clubs for children for both danish and english and again like i just mentioned the languages but then again parenting one on ones or parenting uh, round tables basically for parents to just come and grab a cup of tea or coffee and uh, share their ideas and uh, empower each other or basically influence each other in a good way so yeah things where the community can come together and uh, we all get together as 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 a small group of international parents trying to make the most of our uh, experiences here. Yeah, I I totally agree with the international parent or parenting just getting together because parenting is difficult but also can be fun and it's nice when you can talk to someone about a certain situation that you're going through especially as an international parent because someone can relate yeah. to you. Uh, like you said earlier, the whole winter jacket thing, that also threw me for the loop. Like what? <laughs> and how much clothes you need to bring your kids to do the daycare? Yes. Yeah, I have I'm I'm coming in with like two suitcases like okay, here's for one day because you yeah. don't know what kind of weather <laughs> it's going to be. And so absolutely and a lot of inter- international absolutely. international parents like yourself was sh- shocked by that it's like okay where do you where yeah, do you start yeah. on the clothes like i i was buying the wrong clothes for winter i didn't know i was i was buying the thermo clothes so my daughter's like mm. freezing <laughs> I'm like okay but no one teaches us that so yes. that that's nice that you're trying to put together something for the international community to just get together and learn about parenting in Denmark and you're opening the, the yes. space for that. Yes. I am I'm in a way very fortunate because I I get to see them a lot because of my work. I the international parents and then that is how we came up also with the idea of um, expat helpline mm-hmm. and that was uh, with um was general because we wanted our experiences as in not just me but the other parents or friends that I have here and we all have gone through our own experiences but then when a new family comes in they have to go through everything from scratch itself so we um got together as a group and we thought why don't we why don't we do something to just help and uh just make it easier for the people coming in and uh, how can we extend our help you know so basically uh, it was just going on word of mouth without a name and yeah. then we decided okay you know let's let's call this group something and uh, let's do something about it so we we named it as expand helpline mm-hmm. so it was basically offering phone people would reach us over the phone on sundays sunday mornings uh, and uh, inquire about anything about children and childhood or schools and everything and and things like that so we were looking into that and and uh, we had volunteers who are uh, helping us with that and then it went it extended more deeper into regrouping it itself into schooling in Copenhagen why because when international families come with children they like for myself it was so overwhelming also i understand that it's also overwhelming for others who are coming because they just want the best for their child mm-hmm. and that starts from securing a place in a good international school but knowing the international school system 
because of my work, I understand the places are very limited. It's mm -hmm. very busy and uh, it's very hard to secure a seat or admission for your child. So again, how can we help parents with that? So it was basically we started meeting parents from different schools and we encouraged them to share their experience with us with schooling in Copenhagen regarding their school, if they were happy, if they had something good to share about, not exactly promoting the school, but sharing their personal experiences. So it was reaching out from the parent to another parent. So that again was was very helpful for some of our families because then they knew what options they had and what are they looking for and how can they approach the whole schooling process in, in and around Copenhagen. So these are also some of the social voluntary activities that we are doing with Learning Center because we want to extend our help in any and every way possible to make this experience for international families coming to Denmark an easy one, yeah. a lighter one when you're coming with families and, and, and kids especially. So anyway, if we can help them, we are more than we are more than happy and willing to to provide our support without expecting that it might work or it might not work. Because what what works for me doesn't work for you. But then at least you know the option, you know a possibility that you can try this out, and and hopefully it 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 is something that you are looking for. So in a way, again, reaching out to as many as we can. And, and we are very supportive that way with the other families who wanted to join us and share their experiences or help out others. So it's just word of mouth, but it's spreading and, and it's uh, the intention is to do good. Yeah. No, that's really amazing because this is the first time I've ever heard about it. So I think it's super helpful because you see a lot of people People that's not even moving to Denmark yet, but are planning to, and they just post on the group. But this yeah. is a way where you can interact through audio right now. And I think the the personality or the um, you get more out of it more than just a bunch of questions just answered the entire time. It's just like a, someone that's physically talking to you. And I think that's, Absolutely. that's just like yeah. welcoming. It's like, okay, yes. I feel comfortable moving to Denmark now because, you know, you answered all my questions on how to for school, what I should bring, um, how to prepare my kids or whatever questions mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. uh, parents are asking you. When did you start the, the helpline or is it uh, just getting kicked off right now? No, it's almost been uh, around two years. We also were a part of uh, the International Citizens Day that mm -hmm. was held in Copenhagen twice. One face-to-face uh, -face and the other last year it was virtual. So we have participated as a booth uh, in International Citizens Day con um, conducted by the Copenhagen Commune, again, to help out international families. It was a it was an, a day event, a couple of days event um, conducted by the International House in Copenhagen. So they are also trying to look for volunteers and uh, trying to expand and see what what areas are uncovered. And schooling in Copenhagen was one such area that was not covered, but there was a lot of demand because parents did want information. Mm -hmm. And I must also say that the school websites, all international schools have fantastic websites with all the information. But sometimes you need a little bit more. You need a little bit personal, like you said. So even after going through the website, if I still have questions, what do I do? Then we suggest, please take a tour of the school. Mm -hmm. Go figure out for yourself or for your child if that is what you're looking for. And then through my experiences of just listening to parents from different schools, I learned that the spaces are so limited that it's not actually the parent who's picking the school. It's actually the school that's picking the child. So again, those things when we when the messages go across when we we spread these messages it just eases out the international parents who have this stress of finding the perfect thing for everything for their child so they ease out a little bit in understanding these are my possibilities let's see where will i end up being or where will my child end up being and we also encourage parents to try danish schools because we have had international families who have had fantastic experiences with bilingual or Danish schools. So again, that is a possibility which was unknown to international parents until a couple of years ago. But now I meet more and more international parents who are open to the idea of 
sending their kids to Danish school just just for the sake of acculturating them, just for the sake of letting them understand what Denmark has to offer, what Denmark, what Danish schools have to offer in that sense. And it's just it's just wonderful to see how the mindset is expanding and and how broader it's um, it's becoming and how how we are just understanding how it is done in Denmark and and we are just so happy to accept it as is, as it is. So I think it's there is there is a lot going on and uh, I just feel very very fortunate to be a part of all this and see it grow in front of me. Yeah, when you said that, you know, a, not all international parents their kids get into these international schools and it can be yeah. very discouraging and scary for a parent because you're like, okay, then mm-hmm. he has to go to a public school and stress, but it's nice that you're there to to tell them like, no, it's okay. They actually learn this and this and this. And it's culturally, it's, it's better for them because they totally get submerged into the culture. So you kind of yeah. give them peace of mind a little bit that it, that it's okay that they don't get into these international schools. And this is what the help helpline is yeah. about. Not just, just a part of it is education, but it sounds like it's just so much more than just an education sector. It's more of like yes. uh, how to settle in Denmark and other d- different various difficulties that an international or an expat or an immigrant parent is going to go through. Regarding schools, it's not all going from me because obviously I would know someone whose children are attending this international school, but then it's not my kids. So I don't feel I'm the best secondhand person to give them the information. Then I would interview that person or I would you know, help them connect with that person. Like just recently, a friend of mine, not exactly a friend of mine, but then yes, we became friends afterwards. She said, okay, my my child has a place in this school, but I don't know how the school is. Does anyone has children going in that school? And uh, I was there and I was looking into the conversation and I quickly just uh, connected to my friend whose child is in that school in that grade level that this parent has also been offered a place in. And I was just able to connect the two of them. And they spoke about it and uh, the parent, the existing parent was able to share her positive experience with the new family that is getting into the school. And it just made so much sense and comfort and confidence for that new parent to who will be starting the school this year to just learn how wonderful the school is. So in a way, it's just connecting the people to the right people to have them all the information coming through. So that is what uh, schooling in Copenhagen does. And uh, I was actually looking forward to meeting parents and doing face-to-face interviews. But then again, we also had to move to online doing Zoom interviews. And again, it has uh, it is an ongoing process. I haven't been able to do every all the schools that are available, obviously, not even international, because sometimes it takes me also some time to get connected to the parent who is willing to talk about that particular school. So it is still uh, an ongoing process, I must say, but I am trying to connect with a lot of uh, international parents, uh, both in international as well as Danish schools to share the positivity. So because we want everything to go further in a good, positive way to encourage parents to look into options and see what works for them and their child. Are you trying to reach out to every international school in Denmark? So you can kind of have, if someone moves here from a different area, you kind of have someone from that international school? I would like that, but I must say that it started again as a collab with International House, which is based in Copenhagen and they are from Copenhagen Commune. Mm -hmm. So the focus was to look into international schools in Copenhagen. It started then that way. But then I was also connected to a family in uh, some parents from um, an international school in Aarhus. And I did interview them as well. So we are, uh, like I said, whosoever I get in touch with and they are willing to share their experience, I'm more than happy to get connected and spread the message around. So uh, yes, if not now, in, in, in the coming time, yes, why not? Uh, all international schools from different uh, cities in Denmark would be an, an amazing thing for having all and all interviews and all information about schools under one one roof that would be just amazing but it, it's it's gonna take time i guess yeah. yeah it'll take time to talk to internationals especially there's a lot of international schools in denmark and you don't want to just reach international schools you also want to reach you know danish schools because there's a lot of internationals that uh go yes. to 
actual Danish schools and have, like you said, very good feedback and they like it. Yes. So it's, yes. it's, it's not just one sided. You want all specter of schooling. And I think yeah. it's really great that you're doing that because when you interview someone or when you're talking to someone that has been there, it's so yeah. different from reading something online and seeing all these pretty pictures and everything. It's yeah. two different spectrum of uh, understanding a international school from someone going there versus you see kids playing on 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 the website and mm. saying something about it. It could look yeah. really amazing online, but you'll have five parents. It's like, no, they actually have these problems. And it, it's nice to get that feedback from actual parents that um, mm. are currently going there or did have or their kids currently going there or their kids did go there. Yes. And it gives so much peace of mind. And we want, also want to extend it to the international high schools, you know, the gymnasiums here and the possibilities into after school. There's a lot. I'm also learning as a parent. See, the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because I'm a parent as well. So everything that I get to learn and I get to pass it on in small ways, I think I have also been able to use the information in the well-being of my own children or the, or the well-being of the children of my friends' children or just to have them get connected or this and way. So it, this all is, is interconnected in a beautiful way and uh, it has helped us give meaning, more meaning to our lives here as well. So that's why my heart just goes on to all this work because uh, I feel everyone needs it. And, and, and any, any little information is very, very helpful and, and it just... Like you said, it calms you down. It gives you a lot of confidence to take up each day with that new energy that you're getting. So the possibilities are, are, are endless. I just realized and learned a bit about after school. And I'm soon going to be uh, talking to some parents about it. What happens after ninth grade? What should your kids be doing? Or, for example, looking into university options in uh, in Denmark as in what happens if you are graduate from an international school who has done either IB for example or uh, EB um, the different bachelorettes that baccalaureates that the different schools are, are offering so what happens to those kids so I think international parents yes a lot of them majority of them come with little kids but then we also see parents coming with teenagers and with high schoolers And for them, again, the options are even more limited because the information is, is, is very, very scattered and, and in a way also less. So, yes, again, anything and everything with education around schooling, around children and parenting is, is, is my top priority. And that's so amazing because I didn't even think of schooling, you know, future until my kids got older and then realizing When my kids, when I was looking into daycare, I actually signed up my kids late to daycare. And I didn't know that. You're supposed yeah. to sign them up when they're born, <laughs> basically, <laughs> because there's waiting lists. And yes. in the U.S., uh, I guess the U.S. population is just so big that, you know, whatever school you pick, they just get in. But not mm. in Denmark. You have to put their name in. And then if they get accepted in that school, then they can go there. Mm. If they don't get accepted in that school, you have to have a plan B. Versus mm. in a bigger, uh, like, for example, in the U.S., you'll get to go to that school. There's no doubt about it. Yes. You're going to get accepted. Yes. So that was like a big, big thing for me. And I had my kids here. And I can't imagine with the international parents you're talking to and their kids don't get into these international school and how discouraging mm. that can be in the beginning mm. when you don't know the country. <laughs> so it's so True. amazing that this is a passion of yours and I love it and I want to see where it goes um, and I, I know some international uh, schools or parents that go and I'll definitely connect them with you because they're also you know open to talking about uh, the schooling from Aarhus places in Aarhus and also everywhere Billen, Vile, Herning. Um, yes. So um, the great thing with this podcast is I'm meeting so many international parents uh, yes. that's I can, and that's also passionate about, you know, where the kids go to. I'll just connect them with you and then they can share their story of schooling here. That would be amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. I would love to. And yeah. I would love to. Yeah. I, I can't wait to hear where this is going to develop from one year from now. It sounds like with is, the hotline. It's going a bit slow, I must yeah. say. It's, uh, it's going a bit slow because, again, uh, we had to follow a lot of restrictions uh, with COVID as well. And again, um, doing it online, again, um, has its own uh, limitations, I must say, sometimes. 
and uh, with everything flowing in in terms of work and and uh, how things are changing and how things are moving yes it does uh, it does take a little backseat sometimes but then again with summer approaching and uh, newer possibilities and more free time also for parents i am looking forward to basically connect with more and uh, and and um, build more into the interviews uh, for other uh, for or for for a diverse view i must say because uh, right now the interviews are few uh, but they are from the prominent schools here in copenhagen but then we always have a list that we have to add on to so i'm looking forward to it actually to see it as well on how it grows and and uh, and, uh, and how much it can help uh, international parents in in making the right move regarding education for their own children yeah Well, it's a really great initiative that you have, not just with the education sector. You also have the helpline that helps a lot of internationals. And then the, your learning center, you're kind of tying it all together. And it's so amazing to hear. And I can't wait to hear where it goes from now. I, I, we'll have to do another interview <laughs> to see where it goes <laughs> and everything. But we've run out of time. And I feel like I could talk to you about education or the hot helpline and everything but we've run out of time and thank you so much for jo joining today's episode can you just tell the audience where they can either call in the um, helpline or find your find you on social media or the website yes my website is called um l sen l as in london c as in center e as in england and n as in Norway, elson.dk. <laughs> I will send you the information so you can just add it on. And uh, I have my email in it and all the videos about the parenting. I will have everything on my website. So no no need to rush yeah. anywhere for, for the listeners. Yeah, it will be everything, is on the, everything is on the website, the list of interviews, uh, the YouTube interviews that is there and uh, the helpline info. It is under our uh, yeah, CSR, the social, social responsibility, uh, voluntary thing that we are doing. Everything is in there and also um, updates on uh, the upcoming programs and the programs that are currently running. Yeah, the website is, is, is uh, I hope it's easy, but I would love feedback if, if there is anything regarding it. But it's, it's all under one roof. Yeah, it should be okay. Perfect. Then I'll have that all on my website. So no for everyone to either, you know, find out about the schools or have a specific uh, question about moving to Denmark. The helpline sounds so amazing. I wish I had it uh, when I first moved here. So that's really great. Well, that is for that's actually all for today's episode. Maybe we can talk about doing a live uh, on Instagram to even further the conversation when this goes out. But thank you so much for today's uh, episode. And for the listeners, you can go on my website to get all the information. And then from there, uh, I guess I will talk to you guys next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>